Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Hump Day. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, welcome on in. Thank you very much for making this a part of your day. Gordon, how are you? What's going on over there? I'm doing well. Doing well. Played nine holes of golf this morning. And Jake uh, went to the Robert Plant show last night. Yeah, how was that? It was, uh, you know, it was good. It was good, but I think I would have enjoyed it more if uh, I had had my mind altered somehow before I showed up. But I, I've never done that before, and I wouldn't condone that but uh, or encourage that. But you know how it is. Uh, the little hints of Led Zeppelin uh, with Robert Plant. You, but, you, wish you, you wished you were – you would have enjoyed it more had you been – on drugs? No. Is that what you're getting no. at? I don't know. I can't even speak to that since I've never done it. But I will say this. I wish he played more of the, 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 the Zeppelin hits, you know? He played a few, but uh, I, I want to stairway to heaven. He never does that anymore, does he? I, I guess it would be impossible to meet that standard now. Yeah, and they're, of a lot of bands, they're kind of sensitive about that. Remember, they once they broke up, they vowed they'd never yeah. play together again because well, John you, Bonham died. I kept thinking about, because uh, you read the, the biography. I have read a Led Zeppelin biography, yeah. but Great uh, book. Yeah, so I uh, saw that show last night, and it was uh, it was good to hear the voice again. Again, that's the first time I ever heard it in live. Right. Anyway, so so I'm doing all right. That's good. I feel pretty good. That's so. good. Uh, it was yeah, your first I, uh, experience over there at the Eccles Theater. Nice, yes. right? Nice place. It's very beautiful. nice. It's very vertical. Yeah, they can they can fit some people in there. Straight up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, that was my first experience there. And you had been telling me how nice it is, and I had never been there before. So that was... Uh, that was cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm checking all the gray beards out these days. You know? Well, you got to do it while they're still... While they're still around. I, I have my my bucket list music groups that I'm trying to get in before they kick the bucket. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who came up with that dumb expression? Uh, I, I, I did. Uh, no, I mean kick the bucket. Kick the bucket? Who, what does that mean? It's know. one of those idiomatic expressions that make no sense. This is like, are you pulling my leg? Well, why would you be pulling my leg? You take these things so literally. Well, I mean, idioms are not meant to be taken literally, no. but I mean, still they have some. Anyway, uh, like who's on your list? Uh, let's see. I remember the Who came around probably 
10 years ago maybe they played at the arena ah. and i was like how many more chances am i gonna right. get none to see the the who and they haven't been back since yeah uh when the back, last time the rolling stones came to town i was definitely like well i probably ought to get this out of the way because mm-hmm. i barely missed uh the grateful dead with jerry garcia i actually had a chance to go see that uh-huh. i was in like middle school and uh it didn't uh, it didn't go through and then he passed and i never got to see it. but so you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's why I've seen Bob Dylan six times. Yes, you have. Well, I, I got I got a streak going now with uh, Elton John and uh, and uh, Seeger and uh, and now Robert Plant. All right. So uh, I'm catching them before they you know go to the great beyond, I guess. And yeah, you got to for people of of uh, you're an old soul, so you appreciate this stuff. But uh, it's uh, it, it, it's the music that uh, much of the music that I, I grew up with. I just wanted Robert Plant to sing more of uh, of Zeppelin's hits. He probably and he played a couple though. I'm he sure did. Right? he did. Yeah, but I wanted more. What's your favorite Zeppelin song? Oh, you know, I was thinking about that last night, and it's almost impossible to pick. Almost impossible to pick. Dire Maker is probably mine. You know. I forget the name of the one that I like so much. Isn't that weird? But yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Anyway, those are the those are the songs of my youth, you know. And uh, I know a lot of people are surprised that the songs of my youth wouldn't be more along the lines of Glenn Miller. But, you know, uh, it's all right. It is all right. Uh, Gordon, today is one of our very favorite shows. Uh, we do this each and every year, and we're out here in South Salt Lake. We're at a different location. Remember, last year we were down at City Creek. We're here at the America First Credit Union in South Salt Lake, right there on State Street, 3499 South State Street. And uh, we're collecting food donations, Gordon. And uh, it's a big food drive. They do it every year. We're going to talk about uh, all the stats. Uh, it, for example, American First has uh, colle- uh, collected then donated 187,000 pounds of food Wow! over the last 15 years. How about mm, that? That's something. So we're keeping it rolling. And, and here's the big hook. We've got jazz tickets for the preseason game coming up on Saturday night against Adelaide. And all you have to do is bring down two, you know, cans of food and we're hooking you up with a pair of tickets to go to the game sounds good to me that's that's the long and short of it there's also some drawings for lower bowl tickets we've got some great jazz gear for you but the idea is let's let's get as much food down here as possible and let's send you to the jazz game on saturday yeah. night. Uh, let's here. get that done yep let's do it 3499 south state street america first credit union we've got the zone van here we're outside gordon we're outside with the people today uh, underneath the zone tent, so should we, we should be very easy to spot and uh, invite you down here to make uh, make a bit of a difference. It's nice being outside. It's a nice, crisp fall day. Yes. Like, I'm wearing a cardigan sweater, and I feel like this is perfect cardigan weather. You How many cardigans do you have? Because you've got quite a collection. I probably, probably like a dozen. Do you early? Yeah. Good for you. Well, you know, when you when you get a good look, Gordon, you just you stay with you it. stick with it, <laughs> and you stick with it for the long term. And over the long term, you collect a lot of cardigans. That happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I, I think it's a fine look for you, especially with the driving hat or whatever that's called. That's a flat cap, man. Flat cap. I think I'm looking sharp today. I, I, I do not uh, see and perfectly uh, matched. Your trousers are matching your hat. Then you've got the nice gray and maroon kind of uh, look with the yeah. uh, with the black uh, mock tee there. I feel put together today. You are. Yeah. Did uh, Naz dress you? <laughs> no, but but I wouldn't blame you for thinking that. 
I have a particular friend whose uh, wife dresses him. Oh, really? Uh huh. And he's a full grown man. Just, you know, because he he can't pick out his own clothes, or she I, she just took that part of his life over. She, I, I I never got an answer on that, but I I did wonder whether that's okay. Oh yeah, uh, teach his own, whatever. She she lays out his ensemble for the day. Okay. And he's like, he's in his fifties. It's not the direction I'd go, but you know, <laughs> if she could take something off his plate, I guess all right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess he doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. He just he gets up and puts no, on the clothes, and where, he's ready to go. Wherever he's going, he's probably going to be looking pretty sharp. I think sure, so. I'm not because I believe me. I trust her taste a lot more than his. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge, although I don't think it's particularly normal. Maybe you should take a stab at that with Lisa. <laughs> Is that a suggestion? No, no, I'm just saying. I think uh, I, I think my uh, look would uh, change quite a bit if it were left to her. I would agree. It's probably a good chance. <laughs> which, is, which is why you brought it up in the first place. Thirty-four ninety-nine South State Street. That's where we are. Bring in cans of food. Uh, it's big food drive, big deal here at America First Credit Union. They do it every year, and we love being a part of it. So come on out and see us. Plenty of jazz gear and uh, plenty of tickets. But uh, they, I assure you, will go. So hustle down with some cans. Indeed. All right, Gordon, we have a lot to do today. Uh, Rudy Gobert is going to be on the show. Our countdown to contention continues on. Had a conversation with uh, with Rudy at practice today, and we will air that at 5.05. You know, uh, I was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was uh, I was talking to road, road to contention. I know. Uh, road what do you call it? Well, we were batting about two names: countdown to contention or road to contention, and and we decided on road because it sounds better, and then we could do it throughout the season, right? Yeah, but you got alliteration with the countdown. The, the count, right? But for some reason, countdown has has just imprinted itself onto my brain. So road, <clears throat> road, road, road yeah. to contention. Okay. Plus, it's shorter. It's better. Countdown oh. to the road to contention? I, you know, I just need to get countdown off the brain. Road to contention continues on with Rudy Gobert today. And Locke and I were talking at practice. Uh, I was chatting with David, who will also be on the show at 430. Mm-hmm. And I think Rudy may be the most interesting person on the team. And why is that? Well, I think coming from a, a different culture, unfamiliar to us, I think automatically makes you more interesting through my eyes i guess through my eyes and uh I, he's smart you something against america no 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 he did but interesting you know different interesting i don't know he's i think he and he's a deep thinker which is something that you've talked about before mm-hmm. and uh you know i talked to him obviously about basketball and all that but i i bet he'd be a really interesting person just to sit down with and chat oh you know what i, I would i would love to be able to talk to rudy gobert in his native tongue because when you learn a second language, uh, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's, and Rudy speaks very well, but it's still limiting. Don't you think? Uh, I think, well, yeah, but I think Rudy communicates very well. Well, I, I know, I know, but just not as well as he does in French. Probably not. And I think he could get into some of those far reaches of his mind and some of those deep thoughts that he has more in the mother tongue. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's just if he was I kind from, of assume that if, but. if he were from Germany, you could have you could you could do that with Dirk Nowitzki, <laughs> who also communicates very well. Unfortunately, Dirk does not 
play for the Jazz. Well, you know, Cuban probably would like the press. Why don't you get on down there? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I could communicate better with him. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, Rudy is a smart guy. And, and I think he's, you know, he's, he's the resistance. We did go over the nicknames <laughs> yesterday. That was a very exciting, exciting part of the show. Rudy the resistance. All right, lot to do, but uh, get down here, donate some food. Let's talk a, a little Utah Jazz basketball on the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. It is. And the Zone Sports Network. You set any you know, kind of per quantifiable personal goals going into the year, or do you let the kind of coaching staff win? That's it. I mean, honestly, for me, just come more efficient, play better defense, and win. Uh, winning, hit, winning solves everything. You know, so like when we win, we we all succeed, and I think that's really where my head is at. You know, obviously, you know, um, you hear the chatter, but like I just want to win. That's all it is. I think that's where everybody wants to win, and I think that's what makes this group special. We have guys coming from all different places who want the same goal, and I think. When you have guys who want the same goal, it's really easy. There you go. That is Donovan Mitchell on uh, episode one of Road to Contention. We had a conversation with him yesterday. I went down, uh, was at practice once again today, Gordon, and uh, they gave us uh, a few players to chat with on, on top of my one-on-one with Rudy. Uh, Donovan, or excuse me, Dante Exum was made available today, and Mike Conley was made available today. And uh, both have very interesting storylines I feel worthy of discussion here on uh, on the big show. Which which should we start with, Dante or Conley? Let's start with Mike. So everybody wants to know, how, how's the assimilation going? You know, mm-hmm. he's been on the same team for a long time, albeit has played under different coaches. But now, you know, how is he fitting into the team? And he said it, it's going really very well, but... Terminology is is his biggest challenge in assimilation right now, which I think is actually a really good sign. Well, it goes back to what I was talking about, the mother tongue. You know? what? If you speak two languages, when you think of a, a, a certain concept, oftentimes it will come to you first in your mother tongue. Same thing with basketball. He's been using this terminology over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And now, even if it's the same play or a similar play, he's not thinking in terms of what the Jazz call it or what it might be known amongst his teammates. So he's having to uh, – it is like learning another language to some extent. They call different moves different things. Yeah. Um, and then he, he, he talked about how detailed – he was asked a, a really good question – uh, I think uh, Ben Anderson from KSL asked it, it, to compare Quinn Snyder uh, and and implementing this kind of new offense with him to other coaches that he's had in the past. Mm-hmm. And he, he gave uh, an interesting, albeit predictable, answer. He said, details. So Quinn Snyder is all about the details. And he, he, he really explained how, how Quinn will stop practice, like right in the middle of it, and quiz guys. On, uh, he said he, he he even got quizzed once on their priorities on the break. And he said he guessed, and he guessed it right. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you're doing when you get put on the spot? So they're really, I mean, I bet to a, to a certain extent he feels like he's drinking water out of a, out of a fire hose because he's, he's learning all these new details, and he's basically learning it in a foreign language. And not just 
Is it important for him to learn that? But he's the quarterback on a team. It's crucial. Absolutely crucial. So even for a very intelligent veteran, in, in some ways it's harder because he's exorcising all that other stuff out of his mind right. and, and, and installing this whole new thing. But I, I, I know he knows what the motions are supposed to accomplish. It's not like he has to sit there and ponder the meaning of it all before he does it. So, uh, yeah, the terminology might be different, but I think he'll understand pretty quick what Quinn wants him to do. And I think he likes the style, or at least came across to me, likes the style that Quinn Snyder wants to play. And he's he likes the ball movement and all that sort of thing. Uh, he, a big theme of today with Dante and Mike was just how different people are going to do, are going to cross the boundaries of traditional positions where Mike's not going to have the ball in his hands the whole game. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how that's a totally different than, than the rest of his entire career. Yeah. Where he had the ball in his hands and he was making it happen or making it happen for someone else. And it, it seems like he's embracing that. And that that's a really good sign because sometimes players like that, it's easy to get, it's easy to get Joe Ingles to buy into passing the ball, right? Mm-hmm. It's because... You know, that's what he's had to do to survive playing basketball is figure out team and defense and those sorts of things. That's not been Mike Conley's career arc. Mike Conley's career arc is give me the ball. (laughs) I'm going to figure it out. And, and you're going to win a ton of basketball and, and, and games. And then if you move to the right spot, you're going to get the pass. Right. That's that's a big difference. Yeah. And so it's why Mike being a veteran, I think, is a big deal because you- he gets it. Have you, let me ask this sort of open-ended question to all our listeners, because many of our listeners have played basketball. And have you ever been on the court with a master teacher who is explaining something to you and you don't really process it immediately? It can be very confusing. People think of basketball, I mean, maybe casual fans think of it, you just roll the ball out there and let these pro players express themselves. It's It's a whole lot more complicated than that. And something tells me, with Quinn, that uh, you know what, what they call him when he first got here, kind of a mad scientist or something. Uh-huh. You know that he can probably come up with some fairly nuanced ideas that guys need to, uh, and, and like you said, detail-ridden. That uh, when you're moving, you don't just run to a certain spot over here and kind of generally hang out. No, he wants you to be in certain spots, at, and the timing has to be right. And the energy has to be right, and it, it, otherwise the uh, the whole passing game, if that's what you want to call it, uh, the ball doesn't pop the way he wants it to. And I imagine that he can get fairly exercised when guys aren't doing it the right way. But uh, Mike Conley might have to handle it a little differently because he is very intelligent. He's highly respected. And I know all those stories about Popovich screaming at Tim Duncan and all that. That's uh, that's pretty hard for me to believe that uh, a respected player like Mike Conley would be yelled at by a head coach. No. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Switching over to Dante. Uh, A couple of things. One, this one was super minor, but it was kind of funny and and insightful. He was asked about Bojan Bogdanovic, and his eyes got really big, and he's like, he can shoot. (laughs) <laughs> like, and he said something along the lines of, man, I wish I could shoot like that. I mean, like, <laughs> Dante. Don't was, we all? Uh, Bojan's shooting obviously left a big-time impression on Dante Exum. Well, we know his shooting percentages are off the charts when he's unattended. 
Yeah. So you remember walking into a gym and just seeing that guy pop shots left and right? I bet I bet it would not be uncommon for him to hit 15, 20 jumpers in a row and, and have, the, have the net barely move. Well, like I said, it certainly left an imp- impression <laughs> on Dante Exum. Uh, but kind of a big theme of, of his conversation, what, uh, what he was talking about, it, Dante Exum will play, will play some point guard for this team. That that will happen, but get used to the idea of Dante doing a lot of playing a lot of different positions. One through four even mm-hmm. was was mentioned. And how much it, time will he spend at power forward? But probably not much. But I think kind of the idea is is that he can guard a lot of different positions. Yeah. He's he's big enough, and he's and he's bigger. He's filled than out. He was yes, he indeed. Has, he Everybody has noticed out. that. He's a bigger guy. He's going to be able to be really versatile. And I think at this point in his career, he probably just wants to play. Use me however you want, Coach. Mm-hmm. I'd be, you want me to bulk up in the offseason? You betcha. Uh, I'll, I'll play one through four for you, whatever. I, I get the impression he wants to play. He wants to be on the floor. And this is, this is the best, honestly, the best way for him to do it. Because if he can be that defender that you can put on athletic wings, which are all over the place in the yeah. Western Conference, mm-hmm. it, he he needs to be good enough offensively that you can leave him on the floor. Well, think about, let's say we were talking about uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich or Bobo or whatever you want, the seven-year bitch, whatever you want to call him. And uh, what if he's out on the floor and some other wing that the Jazz are playing heats up? And, you know, what what would stop uh, Quinn Snyder from saying, Dante, go get him. Go get him. Go take him out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, he, how useful would he be in that regard for the very reason that you already brought up, that these uh, these explosive wings are, are everywhere. The, the issue with Dante last year – and I don't know if this you can say this has always been the case, but the issue with Dante last year is when he got on the floor, he made a lot of mistakes. And the, the sad part about his injury last year is when he started to turn the corner on those mistakes is, is when he got hurt. But I think it was tough for Coach to keep him on the floor because all of a sudden it's a six- to eight-point turnaround in the three minutes he's been playing. Yeah. And you're looking at it going, oh, man, well, I... It's too, it's too punitive for the Jazz to keep him in when he's right. making those mistakes. Yeah. So I, I think getting him comfortable at other places on the floor is definitely a good thing. And, and if he's figured out how to consistently knock down a corner three, he'll stay on the floor. So let's talk about that for a second. What does he have to do offensively uh, other than not commit three consecutive turnovers? Well, that's number one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Take numero, care of the ball. That's numero. Take no. care of the ball. Don't be too casual with the ball. And, and what else? You mentioned hit the corner three. If, it'd be real helpful if he were a serviceable shooter. You know, we talked about gravity yesterday. Just enough to have some gravity. You know, make, make a high enough percentage that they have to think of, of you being out there. Because I think he needs to learn how to finish a little bit better, and he, he keeps falling down, which, you know. He learned gets. that from Alec Burks. But he could get, I mean, the dude can get to the basket. I mean, yeah, but what we're about talking that? about cuts and stuff like that, I, I think he can. he's already valuable. So right? is that okay for him to do that? The Jazz, let's say the Jazz are in the middle of a possession, and let's say they they bring the ball up quickly, they've got. 19, 20 seconds 
to uh, to go into the blender or to run their offense, whatever they want to do. And Dante gets the ball, say, with 12, 10 seconds left. Are you okay if you're Quinn Snyder with Dante isolating a defender and taking him to the rack? Well, he needs to get there. Is that, is that okay for him to do that? I think he'll have to earn that a little bit. I mean, because it seems like his, it's his most effective offensive attribute. Yep. It'd be helpful if he could be a serviceable shooter. That would help. Well, I mean, I'm not even talking about shooting. I'm no, I about- know. I know what you're talking about. But I'm, I'm saying to his overall offensive game and his ability to stay on the floor, he needs to be able to shoot the ball a little bit. You know, it's it's interesting we bring up that whole point of him attacking the basket and then falling to the ground because Alec Burks got injured quite a bit too, and he, he used to just throw his body at the rim. And somewhere along the line, Dante learned that same thing. And how many times last year before he got injured did you see him hit the floor on a move to the basket? A lot. It happens a lot. Over and over again. And, that, and it seems like I, I'm not a physicist, but – it seems like if you fall after you attack the basket, is that dispersing energy or is that making it worse? Well, because I can't imagine it, it's making it better. Come on, Einstein. I mean, does it? I I think that you know wear and tear is such a big thing now. Where we're talking, uh, what's the uh, strategic rest or whatever they're saying? You know, we're that's such a big deal these days. Like you, you were. Uh, concerned about it with Donovan going and playing FIBA, mm-hmm. you know, miles on uh, miles on the tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems like that seems like such a big deal these days. So if, if you think about it, you, we talk about this all the time with quarterbacks taking hits. I mean, each one, it, you're you're doing damage to your body with each fall. You know, uh, okay, and but it, it, it okay, may so not be a, a season ender, but it's still it's wear and tear. Okay, so that's my question: Is it does it? Do you absorb more energy, more impact by stopping yourself from falling or by allowing yourself to go ahead and let your and body give way? Yeah. Uh, I guess we'd have to talk to uh, – let's save that one for Doc Talk. <laughs> but I'm, gu- I'm guessing, know. you know, getting – I'm guessing – Falling to the ground while you're trying to lay the ball up is well. You do have the you do have the the uh, the possibility, I guess, of of hitting your shoulder on the hardwood. That usually doesn't feel good. But is it is it more strenuous on your joints to actually like stick your leg out, stick your foot out there, and stop yourself from falling? I don't know. I don't know these things. But he does fall to the ground a lot. Again, doc talk. <laughs> We do, it, it, we do it do monthly. We, it's usually on Thursdays. If you're, if you have any knowledge about the the physics of the body, we go ahead at Jake Scott Zone or whatever you are, and I'm at Gordon Monson. Uh, let us know. Oh, oh, for those tweeters, uh, didn't I tell you I changed my Twitter? Oh, my you Twitter? did. Yeah, it's it's now at Lloyd Cole Zone. <laughs> Go ahead and, and send no, that one. You know, send no. it at Gordon Monson, at Lloyd Cole Zone, <laughs> no. at Austin. No, Horton. no, Go no. ahead and, and send in that no, breakdown you wa- for you us. Wanna you want to know. You want at Jake Scott Zone. <laughs> you want to know. It's important knowledge. It, because Dante did it all the time, and so did Alec Burks. And uh, they both got hurt. So I, I just wondered. 
All right, stop by and see us. America First the Credit Union. Too. It's the their 15th annual uh, food drive, and they're aiming for more than 15,000 pounds of non-perishable items for the Utah Food Bank and other local pantries right here in Utah. We need you. We've already had some listeners come by, Gordon, which is awesome. If you bring in two cans of food, we're hooking you up with a pair of tickets to go to the Jazz game on Saturday. Get down here and do it. We have we have Jazz gear for you, but uh, really we're trying to do some good today. So come help us out. 3499 South State Street, America First Credit Union. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jay Drew. BYU, what do you think and know about this team that the average fan doesn't know that would either set their mind at ease or let them know that disaster is imminent and they can at least brace themselves for it? I just think mediocrity is imminent. I think they're just going to keep doing what they do, which is finish around 500. They have to play near perfect to win, which they pretty much did against USC when they don't play perfectly like they did against Toledo. Then they lose. I call it a fragile team, and I think they're easily breakable. I don't know if it's their psyche, their mentality, or just the fact that they're not heavily talented. But they are what they are, I guess, which is pretty much an average, mediocre college football team right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Band of the Day today in the String Cheese Incident, selected by me, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts, buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. It's so fun to meet our listeners. It is fun. Shout out to Jaron, who yeah. we were chatting, talking BYU football with during the break. Yeah. People coming by, donating, getting hooked up with those jazz tickets, grabbing some of the gear we've got. And, uh, and chatting with us. Always love ch- uh, hanging out with our listeners, for sure. Uh, what do you think the likelihood is that the sprinklers are going to come on where we're sitting? I see Zach, our onsite engineer, is saying zero. But I, and, and I trust Zach, but not that much. Yeah, so we're, I'm, we're, going, I'm going about a 25% chance. Well, I think you brought up a good point. We're sitting on a patch of grass, and the sprinklers are on to our left. And earlier, they were on to our right. They're still on to our right. And the sidewalk where we're sitting in front of, uh, the sidewalk is in front of us, and we're in the grass, uh, is dry. It is dry, and the grass is also dry. So what makes anyone confident that we're okay? Well, and if the sprinklers come on, I got to tell you, Jake. At that point, it's every man for himself, and and the equipment can fry because I'm getting out of here. No, no consideration for the expensive equipment, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll fry see. because I like my job. So you know what I'm doing? I'm diving on that equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diving hey, right on you, it. Are, is it your responsibility to save the equipment? I think it would be looked well upon if if we save the. Equipment. And you should have seen Jake. He threw his body on top of that grenade. I mean, on that uh, on that equipment. You know what I don't want is is I don't want the reputation of equipment goes out with the big show and doesn't come back. <laughs> 
that's that's what I'm trying to avoid. You you can take the credit on the hero part if you want. I just don't want the negative going around like, oh, those guys. You hear that? They're the guys that the equipment didn't come back from. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, if you hear all of a sudden, <laughs> if you hear a scramble on the air, you'll know what happened. All right, we're here. America First Credit Union. Come by, and you might be able to see us get sprayed with the sprinklers. We really don't know. Uh, 3499 South State Street. Bring in two cans of food for the food drive and uh, come away with uh, a pair of jazz tickets to the game on Saturday night. Nice. They're also doing drawings for a bunch of other stuff. We have some jazz gear here for you. It's their 15th food drive, and they're going for 15,000 pounds this year, Gordon. I think we can do it. Yeah, let's make sure we do. Let's talk a little BYU football. We were just chatting with uh, with Jaron during the break, and I thought uh, um, Tony and Austin uh, talked about this, and DJ and PK talked about this, and I thought we'd run uh, we'd run with it uh, as well. But Jay Drew yesterday on with DJ and PK called uh, the BYU program. Uh, what, what was the phrase exactly he used, uh, Austin? It was uh, pending. He mediocrity said mediocrity was imminent. Imminent, imminent mediocrity is that describes this year's BYU football team and probably the football program over the past couple of years. Are they imminently mediocre? Given the schedule they play, yes, I think they are destined to be... Well, it depends on how you define mediocre. I I see the Cougars uh, when they're playing these kinds of schedules, and then it doesn't help when you lose to a team that most people have penciled you in for a victory. But uh, I see seven wins, you know? And so if you're okay with that, then you're okay. If you're not okay with that, then you're going to suffer. Because BYU's football program is not good enough to, uh, to have uh, excessively winning seasons against these uh, particular uh, lineups of opponents. Well, and, and that's what I wrote. I wrote that about, what, what was that, about six weeks ago, Jake? I, I don't remember when I wrote it, maybe a month ago or something. And I got an awful lot. That's one of those columns, and you and I had talked about it on the air afterward. Uh, it's one of those columns that really does divide the BYU fan base. Many people agreed with what I, what I wrote and what I said. There are some BYU fans who disagree. I think BYU has more talent uh, in its program this year than I thought it did. But it's still not, I, I, in my opinion, not good enough to have those stellar seasons like, like they used to have back in the glory days where you have 9, 10, 11 wins. They just they can't do it against this particular group of opponents. Yeah, well, see, that I think that's the thing is it's not always the opponents. And, well, I thought I thought Jay was pretty spot on because it's, it's – Mediocre. It's not how you feel about it, whether you're angry about it or you understand it or whatever. I mean, it's it's the very definition of mediocre. You know. Well, what is your definition of mediocre? Is seven and six mediocre? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what they were a year ago. Yeah. And that's probably about what they'll be this year. Yeah. And the year before that, they were four and nine. They were <laughs> below mediocre. Yes. So. Yeah, they got a problem. Their talent does not equal their schedule. And when you lease, when when you lose to a team like Toledo, on top of that, I mean, there was a lot of chest pounding around here 
as far as, okay, they beat Tennessee, they beat USC. And that USC win was was a very nice victory for the Cougars. Uh, Not going to take anything away from that. But then you turn around and lose to Toledo? But I think that's the point. Because two and two through the hard part of the the schedule, uh, it, it was enough. There was enough for you to be better than mediocre. That's why I'm saying I don't think it's the schedule. It is You can entirely blame the schedule. It's losses like losses to Toledo and, and Northern Illinois and also losses to Boise and Utah State. Cause they but are those spo- are quality programs. They are, but they're supposed to be your contemporaries, which means you're not supposed to lose to them all the time. Right. Right. And and that's why I think those games have, have importance. I think that's... That's the mediocre well, part. Well, I mean, BYU has beaten Utah State. I mean, it's not like that never happens. No, they've lost two in a row. So, and they're what in this uh, in this current stretch against Boise? Two and seven, I think. I think Something that's right along too. those lines. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, if you want to measure the Cougars against the like programs, uh, see BYU isn't even holding its own against those teams, and so then you stack these other programs on top of that and most seasons the best BYU fans can hope for is maybe maybe eight wins maybe and maybe not so should you just accept it because those things are going to happen Jake I mean it's just like what we talk about when the Utes went to the Pac-12 and before that the Utes program was ascending and uh, we thought, okay, they had those uh, two undefeated seasons under Urban and, and Kyle. And you think, okay, well, what do you think that record would have been had they been playing a more advanced schedule? It would not have been as good as it was. Uh, but playing that kind of competition, I think, weakens you in some respects in the weeks when you're, let's say, Utah's going up against Arizona or Oregon State or someone like that. Sometimes you get knocked off by those teams, too. And I don't know if it has to do with the uh, the undulations and the emotion, uh, the concentration, all of that sort of thing. But it didn't really surprise me that BYU lost to Toledo. I, I picked BYU to win that game. But, you know, after what they went through over the last four games, uh, yeah, they had they had an off night. They had an off day. They, they, they weren't as good as they were against USC. And I think that, that that can be expected during the length of a football season, don't you? Especially when you don't have uh, a, a, an overwhelming force of talent. I just wonder. I just don't think it's it's all the schedule. I I I just don't. I get the points that you're making, and I'm I'm certainly not saying that you're wrong. But well, everything's I mean, based back, on talent. I mean, ultimately, but, but right? Back, back in the Max Hall days, they would never have stomached a, a loss to Toledo. And and would we really be ta- excusing losses? And I know I realize I haven't played this year, but losses to Utah State and BYU because oh, those are good programs. No, we would have we would have expected BYU to more than hold their own. I suppose. We would never look at it that way. So, yeah, I mean, that's a strong point. I can't argue that point. I think it's in tandem. So it, it, the irony to the whole thing is BYU is upgrading its schedules and its talent is not at the level, that, it, it, relatively speaking, that it once was. So that's a double whammy. Hmm. 
All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shovel shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and stave. Diamond Airport Parking. We're live today. America First Credit Union. Come see us. Donate two cans of food, and you're, we're hooking you up with jazz tickets to go see the game on Saturday. 3499 South State Street. Come see us. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Jake, maybe that's what happens to BYU when their recruiting classes are ranked 75th in the country. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you shoehorned that, that in Well, there. I mean, <laughs> right? Maybe we'll get to that more uh, later on in the show. What are, do you say? Are you on air? I think you're on air. Yeah, you're on air. Okay. <laughs> more next. Uh, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> this. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. We don't like Wednesday. I feel like this Utah performance, the one we just saw, is the real use. I feel like that's the one we're going to see almost every single game the rest of the way out. It's hard to duplicate that, but the physicality, I think we're going to see that almost every game. And even though they'll play teams that I think are physically tougher than Washington State, I think Utah, maybe not 38-13, to 13, will win almost every single one of those physical battles soundly. I think the way that they prepared all week for Washington State and then the way they performed can really light something and, and reignite what they feel about themselves and their capabilities, mm-hmm. and that can carry on. That can carry through. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. show 97.5-1280 The Zone. want to remind you to join us coming up on Friday as uh, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. We're live at America First Credit Union. And again, we say thanks to all our listeners coming by to saying hi. It's uh, it's great. Uh, we have... We have uh, we have very attractive listeners, man. Both we, the men and women. They are they are put together. We just had a listener who came in and uh, hustled over, and he's like, "Gordon, I missed the nicknames. I need to get to you. Had to fill them in on the nickname well, segment I, yesterday. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, but uh, I said, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you missed them. But I said Bowler was taking notes, and so he may use some of them. I don't know. I, I don't know. If you miss that, it, can people go back and listen to that, uh, Austin? Because a lot, I'm getting a lot of response. People wanting to know about the nicknames. Uh, can they? What? Uh, what no, I, that was the one I segment do? over the last 11 years I didn't post on the website. <laughs> yes, they can listen to it at 1280 So they Hour just go three. To, they just go to 1280 the zone. Actually, and, uh, it's easier than that. Uh, I included the the two. So Bowler was in st- in studio for four segments. And I put uh, his jazz uh, re- media day reaction and the nicknames together in one podcast. So it's the Jazz Insider Report from yesterday. Okay. Jazz Insider Report, you can get all the nicknames and see which ones you like uh, or which one you like. <laughs> or if it's none, it's none. But I think, uh, you know, the positive reaction I've gotten is uh, encouraging. Has there been one that's been the most popular? No, all of them have been. Uh, you didn't really, get really even popular. positive feedback on all the nicknames. Oh, I, well, but maybe not all of them, but a good a good number of them. You know, 
And uh, so uh, I feel pretty good about that crop. Is there is there one that you felt really went underappreciated? <laughs> well, Ed Davis is, seems to uh, have uh, uh, split our audience. So. Yeah, you, you ED for Ed Davis. <laughs> that's, that's what you came up with for that. Oh, Be listening man. on Friday. Wasatch uh. Medical Clinic. Um, <laughs> oh man! But uh, uh, which was your favorite? I don't know. That one. That one stood out. <laughs> I I don't know where the rat came from for Rudy, but you know what? I did not bring up with Rudy in my too. conversation today. That Rudy, what do you think? My co-host wants to nickname you the Rat Chicken. Come on! Why didn't you bring it up? I should have, Austin. I guess I really, because I didn't want to get punched in the face. Selfish, right, Gordon? It's for the show, and he wouldn't even ask. Exactly. I mean, exactly, because there was also the resistance. You know, there were the other ones. (laughs) The French resistance. Nope. So it's I, a I'm just hard for I'm, I'm, to say, though. I'm looking. Oh, you were you were pretty bent on this smooth thing for Mike Conley. Yeah, I like that, but I also like uh, Cool Hand, Cool Hand Conley. How about Con Air? I, I thought about that one. Did Bad you like movie. that movie? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. What? I'll tell you, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage was jacked up for that movie, wasn't he? Sure. No, or you think that was computer-generated? I, I don't know. Such a good, I don't, bad I don't, movie. I don't remember Nick Cage's physique in movies. Oh. That really stood out to you, huh? I'm like, boy, <laughs> Nick is looking. Look at the abs on Cameron Poe. Wow. <laughs> no, that's John Malkovich was really a bad dude in that movie, too. Cyrus the yeah. Virus, even, yeah. How was his physique in that movie? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, decrepit. Stand out to you? All I remember is, didn't crash all over the strip? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think so. All right. All right. We are live. Uh, it's one of our very favorite shows every year. Uh, we're at America First Credit Union here in South Salt Lake, 3499 South State Street. And uh, we're, we're trying to get some folks to bring out some food. And our friend Tyler joins us uh, here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. First and foremost, thanks for uh, allowing us to be a part of this. We love this event. You guys are so great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We uh, appreciate you guys coming out. We look forward to being able to contribute to the community like this as well. So uh, your guys' help is much appreciated. Well, there's no better way yeah, as far absolutely. as I'm concerned. You guys have picked a great cause here, and it's terrific. Thank you. Yeah, we, we're passionate about being able to help uh, our members' lives and the lives of the people in our community for sure. So Now, I, I don't specifically remember the goal from last year, but this year the goal, we're, we're setting it at 15,000 pounds? Might as well, Bring right? Bring it on. Let's do it. No no better time to do it, so let's go big. And so here's kind of the, the incentive with the jazz tickets today. Bring in uh, two cans of food uh, at least, and uh, we'll hook you up with a pair of tickets, but really as much as you could give would be terrific. Yeah, absolutely. We've got the two tickets, but everything above that, we're doing a donation to uh, some great seats for a regular season game as well. So there's a little added incentive, but yeah, anything anybody can give, we we would love it, and we love being able to get people out to the Jazz game, but but being able to get food on people's tables is the most important. So 
and and get down here because those tickets. Uh, I mean, last year they went really quick. And so yeah, they're they'll, moving. They'll go fast. We got people coming in uh, every couple minutes, dropping stuff off. So so we're excited about that. By the way, this is a beautiful branch. It is. It's a it's a great location. It's it's busy and and it's 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 fun to see. And yeah, really really well done. So thank you. Appreciate that. All right, come on by and see us. Thirty four ninety nine South State Street. Bring in two cans of food, and we'll hook you up uh, with a pair of jazz tickets. Thanks very much, Tyler. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, Frank Dolce joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder, you're certainly capturing a lot of national attention. I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but when you become a little bit of the hunted and not the hunter, do you worry about a mindset of a team coming into a season? Well, to be honest with you, we were picked third in the West last year. I don't think we're picked third in the West this year, so I don't know if we're being hunted or we're hunting. or I hope we get hunted a little bit because that gives you urgency. And I hope we do some hunting, too, because I think with that, whatever the external perceptions are, you know, however we process that, it's important for our focus to be on maximizing who we are. And that doesn't mean you don't have goals. You know, ideally we have high goals and, you know, enthusiasm for those. But the way to get there is to kind of dig in. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.